Amen. Well, thank you everyone for your hospitality this week. It's been a pleasure. Uh, this is a very special time for us because that was the first time since we've been married that Naomi and I have been able to show our presentation video. So we will always remember Central Baptist Church. Uh, you'll always have a special place in our heart. Now all that mushy stuff is over. Uh, uh, I want to ask a question. Who here has heard of Germany before this video? You might have heard of Germany before. Okay, so some of you may understand. Uh, it, it's not an obscure country. It's not a far-off country, but it's a country that many people at least know a little bit about. Uh, some men might even have been stationed here, uh, or here that have been stationed in Germany. And some of you may know the need that is so evident in German society for the gospel. And uh, it's, uh, we will be in Mainz, which is a city near Frankfurt on the west side of the country. Uh, it is between Lutheran country and Catholic country. It's right there, and the majority of the people there are atheists. And their attitude towards God is, I have everything that I need. I worked hard for it. Uh, I, I've earned everything I have. What do I need God for? But yet they don't understand that uh, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul. And so we will be going over there preaching the gospel, sharing with them the truth that there is a God, that he sent his son to die for you, and that you can be saved eternally if you place your faith in him. And so uh, we'll be going there preaching and, and sharing the gospel, uh, evangelizing and the, uh, doing discipleship and church planting over there in Germany. And uh, we will also, like the video said, working with the refugees. Primarily they will be Muslim, uh, but due to recent events, uh, a lot of Ukrainians and Russians are now living in Germany. And so the, the, it's amazing how many different nationalities I think in Frankfurt, over 85 different nationalities live there in the city. And so uh, it, uh, the melting pot that is Germany presents a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel with so many different people uh, from so many different cultures that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ before or never heard the true gospel presented. And so that's what we'll be doing over there. And uh, right now we're on full-time deputation. I've been on deputation since 2020. Naomi has been on deputation for two and a half months. Uh, she waited till I got to at least 50%, and then she decided to take me on. And, and uh, the Lord's really blessed us, and I'm so thankful to have her with me. Uh, she makes my prayer cards look a lot better, and uh, we're so thankful uh, to be here tonight. We'll be in the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 22. The book of Ezekiel, chapter number 22. And again, I want to thank you all for your hospitality. Uh, he was talking about being fed and eating. Uh, we have been real well fed this week. Uh, that's the blessing of missions conferences. You don't starve to death. Uh, that's for the mission field, not for deputation. Uh, we, we really appreciate your hospitality, your kindness, uh, especially the young people. We were asked so many real interest, interesting questions about Germany and the mission field by your young people. And that's a, that's a wonderful sign of how serious you take missions uh, here at this church when not just the adults but uh, the youth are interested in missionaries and missions and, and the languages and the cultures of the places that we're going. 
And uh, I commend you for that, for your love for missions. And uh, I want to exhort you to keep it up. Keep it up. And uh, tonight we'll be in Ezekiel chapter number 22. And we'll be reading in verse 30. The Bible says, And I sought for a man among them that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath for their own way have I recompense upon their heads, saith the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this missions conference. And Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given us to present and Lord, to preach. And uh, God, I pray that uh, with this last night of missions conference, that our heart will be renewed, Lord, to serve you and to honor you and to give more to missions, uh, Lord, than we ever have before. And uh, God, I pray that we would take this thing of missions seriously because it's the heartbeat of God. Lord, I pray it would be our heartbeat as well. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's lost, that they would recognize their need for salvation. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's Uh, You've been calling and and drawing them to serve you as a missionary. Lord, I pray they would answer that call. Lord, we thank you so much and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We see here in this passage of scripture, it is a rather sad passage, isn't it? It's uh, really disturbing how the Lord sought for a man among them, among the people, but he found none. And tonight, really, what I want to do is just go uh, step by step through this verse and apply it to our lives today and apply it to missions today. Uh, First of all, I want to notice here in this passage of Scripture, we see the one that is seeking. The Lord is talking to Ezekiel here, and he said, And I sought for a man among them. God was looking for someone to stand Just one man to stand uh, in the gap between him and the land uh, to make up that hedge for the nation of Israel. The whole nation and the people there, he looked for one man. One man. Oftentimes in scripture, God was looking for one man. In Jeremiah 5 and verse 1, he, he tells Jeremiah... Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if you could find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And if you read down in the book of Jeremiah in this chapter, you look down, Jeremiah tells the Lord there is none. And because there was not one man in the entire city, and it wasn't just any city in Judah, It was the city of Jerusalem. That's where the temple was. That's where the priests were. That's where the people of God were. Where the the lineage and, and those of the royal house of David lived. And yet he could not find a single soul there that was willing to stand. That was willing to live right. Again in Psalms 106 and verse 23... The Bible says, therefore, he said that he would destroy them. 
And watch this. Had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. How many times did Moses have to stand before God and before the children of Israel and ask the Lord to have mercy on his people? It seemed like it was a theme over and over and over again that Moses, time and time, prayed for his people that God would have mercy on them. And it took one man, and the Lord said, you know what? I will repent I will show mercy to these people. In Exodus and in Numbers, time and time again, Moses had to stand in that gap. You know what? God is still seeking. God is still looking for one to stand in the gap. God is looking for one that will go and stand in someone's gap. There might be a gap for you either here in Mississippi or across the nation or across the world, in a culture, in a land, to a people you have never met before. But that is a gap that God is calling you to. Will you go and answer? Will you go and stand? By the way, it is not, <laughs> it's not by our ability that we can stand in the gap. Uh, Jonah, when he went and stood in the gap for Nineveh, the Lord had to drag him by fish and take him to that place and stand in the gap. Why? <laughs> Not because the people of Nineveh deserved God's mercy, but because the Lord loved them anyway and had mercy on them and had pity towards them and patience towards them. And we forget about the city of Nineveh. If you read, I, I, I was a, a huge, I am a huge history nerd. Right now, me and Naomi are reading through part one of a Civil War uh, volume, and it is 48 hours long. I am loving it. Naomi is enduring it. And uh, I love history. And so if you read about the history of Assyria, you understand the wickedness of the city of Nineveh. They, not, I don't know, I'm not going to be too gruesome. Some of you have already eaten tonight. Uh, but they, they were vile, wicked people. But yet the Lord sent a prophet of Israel as a missionary to these people that he might show mercy upon them. And yet Jonah, the man of God, drug his feet and ran away to the farthest end of the earth that he could go to avoid doing what God has called him to do. Why? Because he knew if the people in Nineveh repented, God would show mercy. Yes. Is there a gap that you're running from? Is there a place or a person that you do not want to go? How many times have you been to work? And I've been in this situation before. And a co-worker walks in. He clocks in. You know, not him. Not him. It's going to be a long day at work, isn't it? You, we all have that co-worker. We know. Let's be real. Maybe that's the gap that you need to stand in. Maybe he's the one that you need to at least witness to and show love to and show mercy to. Uh, when I was, in, I was in a survey trip in Germany, 
And we were having a Bible study uh, there at the refugee house with a name na- man named Famous. And Famous was kind of the head honcho of the refugees there. It was a men's refugee building. And, and they were there, and we were having a Bible study outside, and it was nice. And this young man, another refugee, comes walking by. His name is Abel. And uh, Famous looks at him and says, hey, you, are you a Christian? This young guy, Yeah. Like, come here, sit down, we're having Bible study. You know what Abel did? He came, and he sat down, and he joined us for Bible study. I thought, if only that was so easy all the time. Hey, you, we're having church, come. All right. (laughs) I have to tell that to myself sometimes, don't you? But he sat down, and uh, he claimed to be Christian. But yet, when we had time with just him, and we shared with him the gospel, he said, I have never heard this before. I've never heard this before. A man that claimed to be a Christian and said, I've never heard this before. When we clearly explained to him the gospel of Jesus Christ, he was dumbfounded. He was astonished. There are so many people, and we think, oh, that's a Christian country. Oh, we're in the Bible belt. Uh, Everyone here, who here has been door knocking at every door that opened? Yes, I'm saved. Of course I'm saved. I'm a Christian. Until you ask them, well, how were you saved? Uh, uh, um, um, and it turns out they just say that so we can go on our way and leave them alone. But just because a place or, or people might claim, oh, yes, I'm a Christian, doesn't mean if that's the gap that God is calling you to go, that doesn't mean, oh, you know what, they claim to be Christian, I'm just going to do my own thing. No, go to the gap that God has called you to go to. Serve the Lord where he's drawing you and calling you to go. If God is calling you to ministry, it is a gift. It is a precious, precious thing. If God is drawing you to missions, I don't know why God has impressed this on my heart tonight, but uh, I, I feel like maybe someone here has been running from the call to serve the Lord in missions. Maybe there might be somewhere that's, that's been running uh, from the call to serve God in some form or fashion. Will you not finally surrender to the Lord? Surrender to Him. In, in 1 Peter chapter 4, he said, As every man hath received a gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as, as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I like that phrase that Peter writes, and he says, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. You might be worried and think, I can't do that. And Brother Barnes preached this last night. You might think, I can't do that. No, you can't. But God can by the ability which God giveth. God is almighty, is he not? Everything you see here and everything you don't see, God created by just speaking it into existence. Everyone you see here, God formed in the womb of their mother. God knows and he created all things. And yet we think, God can't help me here. 
God can't help me knock on this door or hand out this track. Or God can't help me here. It's, it's over. It's hopeless. Yes, he can. If you just let him. Let him. In Romans uh, 12, he says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that which is, that which is uh, good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We are Christians. We are to be like Christ. And when Christ presented his body a sacrifice, he laid it down willingly. We're not to be like the sacrifices of the Old Testament where these lambs and bulls would struggle and fight against it. But we are all to submit ourselves to the will of our Heavenly Father. Just like our Savior did when he took upon himself the shame and ridicule and, and the wrath of God that was supposed to be ours. We ought to present ourselves that, uh, that same attitude. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Have that mindset of servanthood to the Lord. God is seeking for one. God is still seeking for one that will stand in the gap. And we see one that's seeking. We see that uh, the gap that is empty. Again, he said that, was, that should stand in the gap. That whole nation of people, not one was willing to stand in the gap. Of course, we know, understand that God has called us all to the Great Commission. It's not just to the missionary or to the preacher or to the music director or the assistant pastor. It's for all of us to obey. And in Acts chapter number 1, and, and verse 8, we read, we remember this oftentimes in missions conferences. We hear it over and over again sometimes to the point where we get used to it. Uh, where uh, Christ tells his disciples, But ye shall receive power, that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. There might be a specific gap for you to go to. Let's go. Let's follow. Let's pick up our cross and follow Christ. Let's pick up our cross and go wherever he leads us. We, uh, we must follow the Lord, even if it's to a hard place. Germany is a hard place, notoriously hard. Some people call it the freezer of a missions field because the people there are so hard-hearted to God. Uh, by the way, um, I failed to mention this earlier Oh, that is very true. The German people are very stubborn people. Uh, they remind me a lot of Baptists. Uh, uh, they will be wrong, and they will be proven wrong. But they will say, no, I'm still right. I'm still right. It's like you four-year-olds. Come on. You know. But we're, we act like that. How stubborn can we be? And hard-headed we can be. But... Uh, what I meant, where I'm going is because of the war in Ukraine and because of COVID and the way things are going right now, God has softened the hearts of the German people. Their bubble of comfort has been popped. Uh, many of them, uh, they lost a lot of things during COVID and the materialism 
is dissolving away before their eyes. And, and they, now they don't, they don't know what to do. And, and many European missionaries over there, have they've been witnessing to people for years and years and nothing. But all of a sudden, they're asking about God. They're asking about God. That's a field that many people, I've been told many times by pastors, why would I support you if you're going to be there all your life and you might plant one church when I can support some missionary going to the Philippines and they can have two churches by Tuesday? A pastor told me that. <laughs> you talk about a picker-upper, that's it, buddy. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks, thanks, brother. Amen. That's wonderful. Uh, it seems like for every Christian that's on fire, there's five Christians with a fire extinguisher, isn't there? And you might think, you know what, what is the point? The point isn't the results. The point is obedience to the Lord. That's the point. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, God called them to people, and God even warned them, hey, no one is going to listen to what you have to say. And yet, they still, even during times of, of discouragement and hardship, they still delivered what thus saith the Lord God to these hard people. God might call you to a hard people. God might call you to a difficult field. But don't let that discourage you because the Lord is with you. The Lord is helping. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're going. He's there, he's there already, and he's going to be with you when you're there. Just follow the Lord. Don't, don't worry about the giants that make you look like a grasshopper. Just focus on the Lord. Focus on that wall and remember, and remember that call that the Lord has given you. And hold on to that and surrender to it. We see the, the one that's seeking. We see the gap that's in, empty. And finally tonight, I want to I say this. We see the day that's coming. In verse 31, therefore, because no one stood in the gap, therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. That is a very solemn, serious verse. It's a very sad verse. My friends, there is coming a day where the wrath of God will be poured out upon this earth. And that day is soon coming. However, should the rapture hold on another generation or two, or if the Lord should tarry, there is coming another day that is appointed to all men. The Bible says as it is appointed, all men wants to die. And after this, the judgment. There is coming a day, if you're here and you're lost, and if you die in your sin, you will lift up your eyes in torment. That is the hard truth. And it's biblical truth. There is a world out there that should they die in their sins, they will be eternally consumed by the wrath of Almighty God. There will be no break. There will be no respite. There will be no drop of water from the tip 
of Abraham's finger. There'll be no second chance. But what's sad is you will remember every time. Oh, if only I could have responded when I could. There's someone here that might be lost tonight. We have a a very good crowd for a Wednesday night service. and, And thank the Lord for coming. But there might be someone here that is lost. My friend, as, uh, as Jonathan uh, Edwards has said, uh, you are as a, a spider hanging on a thread over the fire. Yes. Hell is a reality. Yes, it it's very real. We must take that seriously. As Christians, we must take that seriously. How many times have we forgotten the reality of hell? That our neighbor, that our, our family member, that our co-worker will one day have to face unless they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ given to them. We remember the verse, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to preach it. Today is the day to share it. You know, it's wonderful. There's a day of promise that we have that we will no longer have to labor and we'll enter into eternal rest. But with that day comes, there's going to come a day where we won't get to witness. There's a day where we, it, our race will be done. And I wonder how many people at the judgment seat of Christ will stand there and say, if only I answered God's call to go. There might be someone that, if only, if only I took that opportunity to share the gospel with someone. That day is coming where we have to stand before the one that saved us and give account for the life that he has given us. There will be a day. But I do have good news. It's not all bad news. I do have good news. It's not too late today. It is not too late. First of all, it's not too late for salvation. My friend, if you're here and you're lost, the Lord wants you to come to him. He won't turn you away. He won't cast you aside. It's like, oh no, uh, you? I'm not, (laughs) get out of here. No, the Lord's not doing that. He said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, he's saying, come unto me. Come unto me. (laughs) The Lord's not, the Lord won't turn you aside. If you ask him to save you, he will hear that prayer. I'm thankful for the day when the Lord saved me. I was 11 years old. I grew up in church. My mom is the secretary of my sending church, so you know what that means. I was there an hour early, and since she's the secretary after church, everyone had a prayer, prayer concern, prayer request that had to be in the bulletin. And so I would stand like this at the end of the church, like this. Okay, come on, mom. Let's go. I'm ready to go home. And we'd be there all day long. And if I wasn't in school, I was in the church library reading commentaries. Yes, I was that kid, that weirdo. That's like, oh, yes, Oliver B. Green and, and all these people. Well, I don't disagree with you there, Dr. Green. You know, that's smarty pants. I was arrogant little kid. But, but just because I grew up in church and my mom was the secretary, my dad was the sound guy and teenage Sunday school teacher, 
I was still lost in my sin, vile and wicked and on my way to hell. But yet one day on a school bus coming back home from middle school football game, the Lord, the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I knew if I died on that bus, I would spend eternity in hell. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I need to be saved. When she picked me up, she said, okay, I'll take you home. And she, I don't, she probably broke the speed limit. It's okay. It's under the blood now. It's, it's all right. <laughs> I drive by grace too. It's okay. <laughs> and my dad led me to the Lord that night on the living room couch. The Lord might call you at any time, an unexpected time. I was studying to be a history teacher, and I was taking a break from studying, as college kids do, and I was reading an article, and the headline had Germany in it, and the Holy Spirit, those people need the gospel. And I prayed about it, and the whole week, there was a revival on campus, and, and the preacher, the whole week, would not get away from Jonah. Every night, he would go on and on about Jonah, and finally, he went to the point, he said, Lord, I can take a hint. And I surrender to missions. Out of the blue. I had different plans for my life. I had desires for my life. What I wanted to do. But yet God had a greater plan. God had a, a, a wiser plan for my life. And I am here to tell you. I have not one regret sacrificing teaching history. And following the Lord in missions. I don't say this to puff myself up. I'm telling you this to encourage you. Follow the Lord's calling for your life. You might have plans, but God has a better one. It's not, it, today is not too late for, for salvation. Today is not too late for service. Whether it's active service, going to the field, or surrendering to the call to a particular ministry, it's not too late to, for service by faith promise. By faith promise. You might say, Lord, I can't go. And God says, yep, you can't. I'm not going to let you. But the Lord can let you do something with this. The Lord might have a, a number on your heart about this. Serving the Lord through faith promise. Serving God by being faithful to church. Young people, uh, if you remember uh, in chapel, I, I preached on... Uh, out of 1 Samuel, preached on Samuel. And Phineas and Hophni, right, were rebellious against the Lord, but Samuel ministered unto the Lord as a young boy in school. In school, ministry to me, uh, school wasn't ministry to me, I'll tell you that much. But for Samuel it was. Why? Because he was doing it unto the Lord. He was in a place where God had put him in a place where he couldn't do the sacrifices. He couldn't, he couldn't go before the, the Ark of the Covenant and sprinkle it with, uh, sprinkle the mercy seat. But he can do what he could in the place where God had put him. And we can do the same. If we just humble ourselves before the Almighty God. Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for missions called.